The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. And there is Joyce. Um, so, hello. So, uh, and Googleization Nation, uh, we are in our 50th show for the year. That's amazing. Uh, the most I've ever done before was 48, um, but uh, we've had a very, very busy year. We're not certainly running out of any topics, conversations, uh, controversy, uh, things to talk about. And uh, so we are here. Uh, this will be our last live show of the year. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to do, uh, Joyce and I pre-recorded something, still doing some edits on that. Um, but I reached out to many of our guests and they complied. So we have some forecasts for 2021 uh, from some other global thought leaders and experts. Uh, good to, it would be great to hear from everybody again. Hopefully, we'll get a couple more dribbling in today and uh, we'll put that together. So next week's show is going to be a little bit of a compilation of our thoughts, Joyce, mine, and uh, some of the other thought leaders, and still debating on what the 30th is going to be. It may be a replay of one of our favorite shows and maybe excerpts, uh, but uh, we're going to make it this, within the next two days. Or, make a decision on that. So many responses, Ira, that we'll just have tons to do then, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, but again, this is our last show. And today, uh, I'm not sure we could have had a better topic than this. I was just talking with uh, our guest, uh, Dennis Hill, uh, right before. Uh, it's funny, uh, we were hooking my mother up, trying to hook her up uh, so we can see her. She lives a thousand miles away. She's in Florida. We're in Pennsylvania. Haven't seen her uh, for quite a while, um, but we we're trying to put her on an Amazon Echo show. Uh, so I, my cousin was down there and uh, they were trying to get that all hooked up. But as I was watching the screen, what comes up is hospital ransomware attack. Uh, and uh, on, on top of everything else that we're going through. Uh, so our topic today happens to be on cybersecurity. And we're going to be talking about Dennis Hill about that. And Dennis. Uh, Very appropriate topic yeah, for today. Under yeah, the circumstances of what the new, what's happening with the news yesterday as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So, we, but we've been preoccupied. I mean, for good reasons. Um, COVID nineteen, the news about vaccinations, jobs, politics. Uh, so things like cybersecurity, which were huge threats. You know, what was going to happen before the election and during that, uh, and also data privacy. I know there's been some investigations going on. You know, yeah, those and, things sort of took a back seat, right? Yeah, yeah to, they're really, really to important. The, the things that were right in front of our faces for yeah, they months. Yeah, they got buried on our to-do list. But I would <laughs> bet you that most people, even in those times, doesn't give a... a, a a, a really a second thought to how, what's the word, how free, I guess we are with our data, with our data. We have just talked about Amazon Echo, but how many people have uh, Fitbits, um, 
you know, so Dennis, but Dennis brought up a couple other things about uh, voting. Uh, we're all thrilled that vaccinations aren't there, but we're going to be tracked. I mean, people are going to be tracked. There are personal data of what is effective, who got vaccinated, who had symptoms, where do they go, who do they come in contact with? So there's so many other things. And the only time that we seem to worry about our personal data is when we get that letter from the credit card company, or there's a notice out there that there's been a breach somewhere. Or and, now a text message, right? Yeah, or, effort, or yeah, our information got stolen. And so many people think that, oh, I don't use, you know, I don't like that Alexa thing or Siri. I don't use Facebook. I don't, you know, I'm not on LinkedIn. I don't, use, I don't even know what TikTok is. Um, <laughs> or they use a complex. They say, no, 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 we don't use the same password on all our accounts. You know, we have a couple different ones. Um, so everybody <laughs> thinks that, hey, they're safe, but they're not. So I can't wait to get Dennis on here uh, and hear what he has to say. And good news is that he, his company and many other organizations are working on some solutions. Um, but then there's also one other thing. It's not only protecting our data, but who actually owns our data? Um, oftentimes we just share that freely. And even if we don't give them permission, the data's out there and, and, and it's going to come and down. Many, 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 many times, and Dennis will confirm this, we're giving our permission without realizing it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I know mean, how many apps I have on this thing. Right. Uh, and and the, the small print, who's going to read? Pages and pages of small print. Well, I, I, we just ignore it. We just sort of accept that's life. And, we do. And there are we benefits do. and there are disadvantages for that. So before we talk about this all the time without Dennis, because I don't want Dennis <laughs> our expert on here, uh, just one thing. I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, and I also want to thank Thinkers360. Uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization was selected as one of the top 50 podcasts to listen to in 2021. Uh, so we were just uh, received that news. I think it was right after last week's show. And uh, so we're really, really excited about that. And so glad, Joyce, you part of it. I want to thank Keith Compagno, who was my co-host for almost uh, over two years. Uh, Keith uh, was a big part of that. And certainly all our guests, um, you know, helped contribute to uh, to, to being there. Um, and, and I was one of them even. <laughs> yeah, you were one of the guests. So double duty, triple duty. Uh, so again, thank you. So I want to bring in, uh, we want to bring on Dennis. Uh, we want to get as much Good. data and information out of him. Uh, Dennis has a pretty long bio. I'll let him explain it a little bit, but he's a founder uh, uh, and uh, I, I think his title is CEO or president of uh, Exacta Corporation. He, he can discuss what that means, but he's involved with uh, quite a few other organizations. But I'd like to bring on uh, Dennis, Dennis Hill. Welcome, Dennis. Oh, well, yeah, well, Dennis is coming on. Coming in from the green room. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you saw that quick poster up there about Googleization Nation. For other, for anyone who wants to get updates uh, about our guests and follow-ups and things, um, just sign up for Googleization Nation. Go up to the website. It's free. Uh, you'll just get updates about shows and events and, and other things. We're planning a big, big, big 2021 there. Dennis, um, I'm not sure you, you have such a long bio there. Um, tell us a little bit about Exacta and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. So I started out in, in my professional career many decades ago um, as the inaugural chairperson of a computer science and engineering program, one of the first in the country to be accredited um, at the age of 23. Uh, so when, when we talk about 
computer whiz kids, we sometimes don't think about the fact that they too will grow old and someday collect social security. Uh, but I'm, I've turned 60 this past year and I- Oh, you're I, a young kid. I, I, you're a young kid. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I've always been interested in, in technology and its application. So uh, many of our graduates at the university have gone on to lead companies such as General Electric and uh, NVIDIA. Uh, so I'm very proud, and, and I believe that that's probably the one contribution that I've made in my life that I'm most proud of um, is, is that educational aspect. Because education, uh, shows like this that broaden the mind, um, are your greatest force for social progress. You, you, want, you want to build an ignorant nation, just don't educate. And the uh, great thing is we live in a wonderful country that, that encourages that and supports that. Uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, I have spent my lifetime working with small and medium-sized businesses on integrating systems and trying to find ways to do things efficiently. Uh, and, and that includes a lifetime commitment to security. In fact, I had, as a researcher in the 80s, the only secure communication processor outside the military. It was made by the wow. Federal Systems Division of Honeywell. And again, my graduates have gone on to work in companies in, in both the public and private sector and computer security. Uh, we were part of an undercover group where I had students infiltrate uh, a group called the 414 Club, uh, an explorer post back in the early 1980s that were hacking into computers all across the nation. And so that that was kind of my foray into the um, into the computer security realm. Uh, Dennis, not, did the 414 stand for uh, for Wisconsin? That's interesting. It, it, it is coincidental that it is the area code for Milwaukee, and the Explorer's Post was located here in Milwaukee. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just curious. So it goes way back, and Wikipedia has a nice story on it. I've edited parts of that because there's some information, obviously, being on the inside that's not public knowledge. But it, it really came down to the fact that people just didn't change passwords. I mean, literally, it was in the user manual. They didn't change the passwords, and these kids got a hold of that information. And they broke into the same systems across the country, everything from hospital and so forth. So the funny thing is that the symptom, uh, the symptoms haven't changed. We still see data breaches. As you mentioned, Joyce, the, the, the solar ones exposure yesterday. Yes, uh, yes. This is all timely. And, and I said in 1987 in a, in a Business Journal article, which you can see up online, uh, I said 1987, so this is 33 years ago, that companies will not invest in security, nor will individuals accept in knee-jerk response to catastrophes. So it's nice to look back on 33 years and know how prophetic those words were because that is not only true to today, but fortunately there's some new technologies that will eradicate these issues that we've been plagued with. Uh, what that sounds like to me, Dennis, is a Nelson Mandela quote. People change either because they see the light or feel the heat. <laughs> and you're you're saying it's always feel the heat in the yeah, case it's always of data. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> out of sight, you know, people just kind of take for granted the security that's on their phone. They take for granted uh, what they do on these web pages, um, and it isn't uh, it isn't that they aren't doing enough. I mean, the solutions that that have been provided, whether it's virtual private networking or malware checking or uh, virus fighting software for the systems, that's all symptomatic. Right, that's all treating the symptoms of the problem. The problem is that our data is maintained on central computers. Ah, you see, 
mm-hmm. uh, databases at a hospital. It's, it's amazing to follow the stats on this. Every day last year, in 2019, and it it was surpassed again this year in 2020, a hospital database was breached. Wow. Every day. Every single day. And in fact, I think think one commercial uh, company says that individual identity theft occurs about every 30 to 45 seconds with millions of people exposed. But, but th- that breach occurs just like the SolarWinds activity did and all of these other breaches, where, and I, I don't want to name all the companies, it's just a long list of companies that are breached, due to centralized computing, right? All your hospital information records are maintained on their system. All of your financial records are maintained on the credit card or the banking system. Now, banks and lawyers have caught up to a new technology called blockchain. And we all know about Bitcoin. If we don't, uh, cryptocurrency, what this means, how, how can anything in the vapor space of the Ethernet have value that we can convert into tens of thousands of dollars? It, it boggles the mind. Yet it is true that the value of, of that piece of paper in your wallet is only based on faith. And it's based on a reasonable desire from somebody to give it and another person to receive it. That is the same thing with Bitcoin. If you're willing to transact in Bitcoin, then my Bitcoin has a $20,000 value. And I can give you some of that or part of that. And those transactions related to those are immutable, meaning they cannot be changed or edited. If I've allocated to you so many dollars on the internet, that cannot be changed. If I voted uh, with a blockchain system on the internet, that cannot be changed, right? We hear a little... See, these issues become very, very important in the emerging technology known as blockchain. And what blockchain does is it takes a decentralized approach to your data. It chops it up into lots and lots of pieces. And when I say lots and lots of pieces, I'm talking about billions and billions of pieces. Wow. To quote Carl Sagan, billions and billions. Billions. (laughs) One piece may not even constitute a single character on a letter. It might be just part of that. It depends on on the algorithm to break that data up. And the chance of a hacker decrypting that little block is one in 15 trillion with a T. Ah, that's why it makes it so much safer, right? Yeah, you don't have the patience, even with quantum computing and some of the new technologies that are coming out. Uh, blockchain presents a very formidable secure platform and again it's a completely new architecture because where are all those billions of pieces of data they're scattered on nodes all across the internet they're not so with blockchain we actually could keep our data safe in 2020 however what you're describing is in my head much more like an enterprise scale than an individual scale. So can we, as individuals, keep our data safe in 2020? Well, that's where the laws have finally caught up to the realization that your data belongs to you, right? GDPR out of Europe, the California Consumer uh, Privacy Act that went into effect at the beginning of this year is not coincidental. And we've had an agreement for the last several years between the EU and the U.S. on uh, uh, sharing private and, and personal information between the uh, the nation states, which was actually invalidated earlier this year. Uh, it was called the Privacy Shield. 
Uh, and the companies that have subscribed to that and, and have been certified underneath that are expected to continue doing this while some other uh, legislation is put into place, some other guidelines. The, the reality is, though, that in order to own your data, you need a tool to own it, right? So uh, that that is the answer to the problem. So blockchain is the answer to the problem of keeping your data safe. Well, that and having a network architecture that we do digital processing with, whether it's communicating or web browsing or whatever, that has a hardware level of security in it that does the authentication of the user and the authorization to the data. Those are fancy words. It's a lot of word salad to what I'm basically going to say is it is a hardware and software combination. And we are seeing something roll out nationwide called 5G, which provides a completely new set of protocols for security that for the first time replace what we've been living with for the last 45 years in the PC industry. And that is actually security protocols that were started in World War II. Wow, so we don't all need VPNs. We, need, we all need 5G. We all need 5G and that's why you see such an aggressive marketing campaign. It should not escape anybody that your cable companies trying to sell you telephone services because they see a disconnected cable free world running on 5G. The little circles that you see when you're waiting for stuff disappears because the transmission rates on 5G are a thousand times faster than what you get on a cable today. And of course, what it does is it authenticates you at a hardware and personal level. So you say, well, what if I lose my phone? Well, your phone is still keyed to you, right? There's still going to be a crypto key or something on there that you have to put in to activate it and to keep it activated. But what 5G does- maybe, Or maybe in the case of iPhones, your thumb, right? Or some other finger. Well, you know, imagine- it's and, a, and now they're using, uh, Facial recognition, is that what it's called? Yes, facial recognition. But imaginative screenplay writers will tell you about those times when they chop the fingers off or they slice the face off. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of Silence of the Lambs and some of these sorts of stories. You know, the whole genre is going to come up here in the cybercrime industry that we haven't seen before because See, of the. Last night, I was, I was, I was, we were looking for something to watch. And last night, I saw. I, I was just waiting for the first one. There is a new movie, and it's about COVID twenty three. Oh. <laughs> it's off the subject. It's COVID twenty three, and it's this. And it's this movie, and they quarantine. There's hundred and ten million people who died, and they quarantine people in these camps filled with trailers. I mean, I watched the tra the two minute trailer. I was just curious of what it was going to be, but it's like I was just waiting to see the next play out of all these movies, uh, not about a documentary about how we got there, but just extrapolating right. on everything that just happened. So it's it's already there. I won't, I don't remember the name of the movie. I won't even, because the name of the movie, oh, I remember what it was. It was called Songbird. Oh, which I've heard of that actually. I don't know what famous movie. Songbird, uh, but I'm not sure what, I, I didn't pay attention enough to learn what Songbird had to do with COVID-23, but. <laughs> But isn't that, wasn't that smart? And we're, I'll take us down the rabbit hole a little bit. But wasn't that smart of them to do a movie where they could have everybody be masked? <laughs> or mostly, right? Yeah. So, well, 
And what Go ahead, the, Dennis. What please. the pandemic has actually done is it's it's I call it time compression. It's accelerated technologies that all of us under normal circumstances would have recognized would take 20, 30 years. Everybody's doing Zoom today. Everybody's doing right. video chatting. The, mm -hmm. the idea of even having a video conference where people don't see each other is absurd because everybody wants to see each other, right? Well, even, the idea of, even the idea of having a 97-year-old woman, be it where, you know, she's on wireless. She, she does use the computer. She does use emails, nothing much more. But, you know, now we're, you know, hooking her up. She's on wireless. I mean, we're she, talking I, about your mother, right? Yeah, Ira? right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the and there was a movie that came out earlier this year. I think it was on uh, one of the subscription services. I don't remember if it was Netflix or Prime, called Social Dilemma. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. It's on Netflix. That's excellent watch. It People is. need to see this. Highly recommended. In our promotions, we use the term Orwellian overlords. You can define if that's big tech or big government or big pharma or big just big data users. Um, but Pavlovian users, that's what Social Dilemma talks about. You hear the ding, ding on a Facebook message, and immediately you can almost hear the salivating of the users. You watch the kids nonstop. Uh, I'm, I'm investing in carpal tunnel syndrome surgery um, in the future because these kids just move so fast. Uh, and, and, and people are just adapting, this adapting to the technology. Uh, much quicker than we thought it would be. I, I explained to somebody the other day that uh, flying cars are more of a reality now than they'd ever been. Mm -hmm. Because if everybody drove an autonomous vehicle that floated in the air that was controlled by a, a local FCC uh, smart city hub, we'd eliminate accidents. We would, yeah. Nobody would ever die again in another car crash. Tell me this is about it. But this Internet of Things should not be separated from the internet of people. And so mm. our, my approach to this is that we have to have solutions that provide that security and that retention of privacy. We have to put the data genie that's out there, all of our digital DNA that we've spread across the internet willingly. You mentioned the, just the check mark. Nobody reads it except the lawyers that wrote it. <laughs> and, uh, all of that, we can put that genie back in the bottle now that we have technology that we can use going forward to ensure its privacy. Now, that doesn't mean that your history isn't going to be out there by, by uh, surreptitious or, or you know, nefarious people. But with the laws, getting back to the laws lag technology notion, with the laws that are there now, there's finally teeth that people have that can go back to the targets or go back to the seers or go back to the banks that they've applied for loans through and say, look, that's my data. We, we have a relationship. You've given me an account number. You've given me a credit limit. You're tracking the transactions. You don't care about my name or address. You don't care about my birthday. I don't get Christmas cards or birthday cards from you anyhow. So, you know, all that information that you have, please identify who else you've shared it with and then scrub it. That's what the laws are now starting to say. You can make those demands. And that's what Exacta does. We've written software now for 45 years to help streamline businesses. If you've ever used an ATM, we developed software for the banking systems very early on. We still do that. If you've ever purchased software, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, products from an insurance company online, we've written the software to do that. So we're kind of like that quiet company behind the scenes that has helped a lot of businesses develop 
mission critical commercial applications. And about five, well, four years ago, we decided to turn our attention to the family, the fundamental social network. If we're going to restore individual privacy and data retention and reclaim those digital twins we have running all over the internet, it has to be done at this level. And there has never been a solution before, uh, before what we're offering now on, on um, Indiegogo. So let me ask you a question, Dennis. So as you were talking about decentralization, the first thing that came to my mind was Amazon. So you got AWS. I mean, everybody recognizes Amazon because that's where everybody's buying things that they saved this this year. But the reality is, is behind the scenes is their biggest operation happens to be AWS. Yes. So everybody's relying on Amazon. Um, so even more centralized, where does that come in the blockchain? Are they applying that or is that where do we go with that? They, they do have a blockchain solution, as does IBM and companies like uh, Ethereum. And that is where some blockchain issues are coming down the road to bear because these blockchain implementations are incompatible. They're not oper interoperable. And so one oh, of the things- That doesn't help, does it? Well, it, it doesn't. We're back to uh, beta and VCR. <laughs> exactly, it's a, it's a very similar thing. So one of the one of the roles that I have as a board member of the International Association for Human Resource Information Management, and your HR audience will appreciate this, is that we um, established this year a consortium, a global consortium of um, employers, uh, HR associations around the world to uh, come up with standards so that interoperability is there, that communication is there uh, on HR shared data. So for example, if we're going to employ a person um, from overseas, uh, we would like to know that there's some verified validation of them having been given the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, when I had it, where I had it, who gave it to me, and all of the things that would be associated with a human, re uh, I'm sorry, a hospital information system is not necessary. All I need is for me as an employer to be able to query that decentralized database on HR and say, is Joyce vaccinated? Yes or no? Now, the beautiful thing is you get notified of that inquiry and you okay. say, okay, you grant it or you reject it. Right now, thousands of those inquiries go on on a daily basis about you and all of the information about you completely trans uh, without any transparency to it. So, oh, okay. Right. You have no idea right. who's really sharing what. Right. So that brings us to, and we, we don't have that much more time, our final question, which is, what should we as individuals be doing to protect our computers from, from theft and hacking today? I mean, we, we need to, like, as soon as this podcast is finished, each of us needs to go get that done. What do and, we and need I'll, to be doing? And I, I just want to quick, just, just let, let everybody know, I mean, I've got security. I've got my password. I use a VPN. I mean, I, I, I try to do as much as possible. But I, I did a scan the other day, and I can't remember what program came up. Um, I did a scan, and it, and it said um, how many breaches. It was basically how many times have, have, has my information been compromised. Yes. I looked up, and there were, it went back to 2007. And there were accounts that's like, I don't even know what that was. I don't even know if it existed. But you know, again, we didn't pay that much attention. So it didn't have to be what happened today. It doesn't have to be, oh, I, I yeah, my, my lost my information because of Equifax or because of Chase. No, I mean, it's it's like, it, it was shocking 
how many of these sites that we've signed up for. Well, and even the security on the big companies, if you use AWS as an example, there were breaches over the last two years that were actually, that occurred yeah. on AWS by insiders. See, yeah, you, can't protect, <laughs> you can't protect yourself from the uh, unscrupulous use of your data by authorized people. So that's why we have to move the data off of these centralized computers and onto your personal data warehouse. That's number one. That will happen much more quickly as a result of 5G and blockchain and convenient applications like the ones that we're and others are developing. Uh, what you can do today is just like a migraine, you gotta treat the symptoms, right? If you suffer from chronic migraines, you know they're gonna keep coming. So what happens is you end up treating the symptoms. So you use VPN, uh, you use strong firewalls, uh, try to use um, uh, daily, uh, if not real-time, BitBlock uh, checkers, uh, virus checkers, malware checkers. You can't, you can't execute enough protection today to prevent infections. Um, uh, you just can't do enough. And that's cheap. It really is. I mean, a good virus protection, anti-malware software that runs with a fairly good reliability will run you about $50 a year on a system. Uh, that's very cheap. I remember the days when I could buy a, a washing machine for $200 and it was guaranteed to run for 20 years. <laughs> Today, I spend $2,000 and it's guaranteed to run for 90 days. Some of them next <laughs> payment. So, so it, you know, virus protection software, anti-malware, using virtual private networks. That now that doesn't change again the attitude of the user who's willing to put personal information out there. Ira, let me talk about your mother. Okay, HIPAA prevents us from discussing her health issues, right? But when you send her a text message or you send her an email or you're just communicating like that and you're using a service bureau or, you're, or your family is putting it on their private group on, on, on Facebook or social media, that's all being recorded. That's all being collected. It's all being analyzed, gathered and sold. So, I mean, we could spend we literally could spend hours talking about these things and keep keep the attention of your audience. But the reality is. There isn't any solution to the problem when we spend all the time treating the symptoms. The solution is get off the centralized databases, let those who own the data, now with the teeth of the law, have that data space. It'll be early adoption that leads the way, but that's the way it is for every disruptive uh, technology. Wait, wait, Dennis, I feel like we're, we've kind of contradicted, contradicted ourselves just a little bit. So I wanna go back and ask you a question. Mm -hmm. We talked, <laughs> we talked about using blockchain versus VPN, but now you're suggesting we need a VPN. Well, you asked what we can do today, right? The, the, the 5G hasn't rolled out everywhere yet, and that's going to take a while. Um, the, the blockchain applications are just emerging. The nice thing is that it's low code. It's not highly technical. Uh, it's just it's like anything else. It's just misunderstood because people people say blockchain and then you talk about cryptography and their minds just shut off and their eyes glaze over. I, the simplest, like I said, you're taking this data, chopping it up into billions of pieces, knowing that any one piece has a one, it's going to take a hacker one in 15 trillion to hack that one piece. It's just not going to happen. So those applications are all out. And it's important for people to realize that at some point, you're not even gonna know that you're on a blockchain application. Can you give us some examples of how people could buy an application and use it? That's blockchain. 
we just go to blockchain.com? No. no. <laughs> and Janice, I think I think I'm correct in this. We don't buy blockchain. Blockchain is is like buying is like we're not going to buy the no, code that I, Amazon has. Blockchain I, is going I, to be the code that they use. I, we're not going to be able to buy that and, and put an application on our phone. We're going to be using that as an individual, whether we want to or not. Right. right. But what I'm asking is, is there some software that we haven't talked about that employs blockchain that we should be going to and using and, and putting on our phones. And, and that's why you have me on the show today, I think. Uh, we have introduced the world's first decentralized blockchain-based application that allows individual users and their families to secure that information. And we give them a process to go out and recover and reclaim all that information. That's called Family Organizer Plus, and it's launching on Indiegogo this month. Thank you so much. Really, thank you, thank Dennis. You for me this has that. been amazing. Yeah, it was no, the fastest. It was the fastest half hour we've had on this show, Ira. In my, we've had, a couple, we, we've had very fast hours. Last week we had with, with Alan Ballou for the economy for next year, which is good news. The economy is going to grow for the next two years. Um, so, uh, at least for the next two years. But no, absolutely, Dennis. Uh, I I could be listening to you for hours and hours. So, for other people who are interested, they want to hear more about. I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, where can they find out more about you or listen to more interviews that you've done? Okay, so LinkedIn's a good source uh, where we have a marketing group here. So you can go to the Exacta Corporation uh, page there. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. I think you should Google Exacta Corporation. Um, my handle on most of these sites is Manage Change. It's not even my name. So yeah, I, I wondered about that, but it was familyorganizer.com, correct? Uh, Family Organizer Plus. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, let's add the plus. And, um, okay. and exactacorp.com would be the main site. Indiegogo, if you've never done anything with crowdfunding, we're not doing this. We've been in business for 45 years. We're not doing this to raise money. We're doing this to raise awareness and to build a community. This is a movement based on disruptive technology that everybody will benefit from. So Indiegogo.com, Family Organizer Plus. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. And congratulations on being a top rated um, podcast. Well, and, and thank you for being here. It, hopefully, um, we'll, we'll even move up further in the ranks because of your presence here today. <laughs> so, uh, but it's great guests like you. Really uh, well. It's, it's been you. a pleasure. I know uh, I want to I want to give a shout out to JobSync. I mean, that's where we you and I met a couple of weeks ago um, and uh, on, on another panel, another conversation. And uh, I know our conversation will continue. Hopefully you'll come back. Give us some updates as this go along. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you, you so too. much, Dennis. It's been great. Thank you very much. Um, wow. to listen to uh, yeah, absolutely. So another, what, what a way to close out uh, our, year, our last, yeah. last live guest of the year. No, absolutely. Uh, we are going to take a short break. You're listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. I'm uh, here with uh, Joyce Joya, my co-host. Uh, I'm Ira Wolf, and we will be right back. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. 
They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift, but do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity. To successfully navigate the shift to the new normal, each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this, others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, if you uh, just are tuning in now, you missed a great segment uh, with Dennis Hill. So uh, be sure to go and listen to the replay because yeah, no, absolutely, you definitely <laughs> will want to hear this. If you get yeah. the replays on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, whatever your favorite podcast is, Apple, iHeart, Google, um, Stitcher, uh, we're on now on Amazon Audible, so you name it, we're there. Uh, we're going to do real quickly, uh, not quickly, but our, this segment is devoted to Ahead of the Curve, Normal 2.0. And I know we're going to be talking about recognition uh, in the Normal 2.0 uh, yes. in just a second. Uh, again, want to give a reminder to everybody to uh, you can join uh, Googleization Nation. Uh, and follow us. You'll get updates about future guests, past guests, uh, any offers that we have coming up. So uh, we've got a really active 2021 coming up. We've got a couple of events, a couple of interviews, additional interviews with, with some people. Uh, we have a few webinars coming up. So please do that. And then on this Friday, we do our monthly conversation with Ed Gordon uh, for the Gordon Report. Uh, Ed's been doing the Gordon Report for a long time. For those who haven't, uh, who don't know Ed or haven't listened to the other, uh, Ed's expertise is certainly on workforce development, workforce right. forecasting, uh, looking at people, what employment's going to look like, what types of jobs. Uh, and we're doing our monthly update on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on Friday, this Friday at noon. Uh, you can also get to those on youtube.com forward slash Ira Wolf. So you can go there, you can subscribe to it, uh, you'll get notified, uh, or you can go watch any of the replays that we've had. And his, his uh, forecasts have always been incredibly accurate. About yes, what, I've, I've covered some in my Herman Trend Alert. You have, which, yeah. Uh, which, which brings that up? We got the Herman Trend yes, Alert. Exactly. Yes, exactly. At the bottom as well. That, that's so, something uh, that I do every week. Yeah, and I think you have... Uh, did you tell me 29,000 or 30,000? Yes, 29,000 people. people. Internationally, internationally. 91 and, countries, yes. 
what we're doing with um, with with this segment is ahead of the curve. Uh, Joyce is highlighting uh, something she's researched or investigated or are, you know some or, or already been distributed to that network. And uh, this week's topic is recognizing. Uh, it's it's called doing recognition right in normal 2.0. So I know this came through um, a colleague of yours, uh, Steve. Well, Steve. It, it actually came because I was attending uh, IMC, the Institute of Management Consultants annual conference was virtual this year, as were all of them that actually happened. We know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and one of the speakers was uh, an amazing speaker named Steve Pendle Pemberton. He's the vice president of human resources for an organization called Work Human. Mm -hmm. And I've always believed that bonuses were important. I think that bonuses are very motivating to people. And I think that to a degree they are expected. But uh, what I learned from him just really blew me away because timing is everything, it turns out. So if you give someone a $2,000 bonus, say on January 15th, that bonus tends to have an effect on that individual for maybe, I don't know, it depends, like... Uh, oh, it's two good. months, three months, maybe six months, right? But maybe. what if you took that $2,000 and gave it to all of the people that work with or report to or he reports to them or she reports to them and allowed them to reward that individual through the year? What mm -hmm. happens is you get a very different culture in your organization. You get a culture of gratitude because then the employees, the fellow employees are motivated to express their gratitude financially to each other. Mm -hmm. And you really can't overemphasize how much that could have an effect on the organization it, because it gives not only the financial recognition, but it also gives kind of a social recognition because people are acknowledging each other for the contributions that they're bringing to the organization. Right. The benefits are many. Employees are more alert, alive and awake. Uh, they seem to experience more joy, pleasure, optimism, and even happiness, and even physical benefits. Now, we know that when we smile more and when we feel a beat, that that has a very bolstering effect on the immune system, right? Also contagious. I mean, yes, it is. In a positive way, yeah. If, if somebody sees you grumpy, then other people get grumpy. If they see you smiling, they may say, what are you smiling about? But it, it's still, they're curious. In, in, yes, in a, in and, and interestingly, we experience fewer aches and pains mm -hmm. also when we feel positive, right? Yeah. It, it also reduces blood pressure. People tend to exercise more. They sleep mm -hmm. longer. They feel more refreshed. Uh, so 
What, what's fascinating about the timing of this, and we, we just have a few minutes here, unfortunately. So, but the timing of this is last night, we, we had the final presentations for my graduate class in organizational leadership. And one of the, one of the, the students presented a plan because they're in a distribution plan and they have people coming in that are supposed to be working eight hour days. They're working 12 hour days on a regular basis. And the morale is just crashing down because they come in and they expect to go and somebody doesn't show up or they have extra work to do. And they, they said, but we pay them overtime. And my suggestion to them was similar to this. And it may, may, may not be exact use is what if you said the maximum you'll ever work, the maximum we expect you to work is 10 hours a day. But if you work over that and we need you now, they gave them $25, a bonus for that. I, I said, why don't you pay overtime by the day? If you work more than 10 hours, we'll give you two hours of overtime. You don't have to wait to you accumulate it at the end of the week. So every day they got a little bit of a reward, but that's still they'd have to wait for a week or two weeks till they got the paycheck. But what if they got a gift card? What if they got a few dollars bonus that they can walk out right now with that right. money, what would right. that be? Cash in hand, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and before we go, I just have to tell you a story. My favorite uh, meal kit company, that is food that arrives in a bag to your house so that you can prepare it yourself, is a company called Purple Carrot. And uh, I've had some, they have had some major challenges with, you, with uh, FedEx Ground. And they train their customer service people just amazingly well. It might be the best customer service group I've encountered in a long time. And the client, the customer, when there's a problem, you not only get a credit for any food that was damaged or wasted, and if it's more than three days, they give you full credit for the whole thing. But then you also get to give your customer service person either a cup of coffee, a hmm. free lunch, or a gift card. And I love that. that I just think gift. it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Now, the company, do they have continuing challenges with logistics? Yes. And are there solutions that they could be implementing? I think so. But the fact that they have that ability for me as the customer to reward their customer service people, just it makes me feel good. It makes them feel good. It's just a win-win for everybody. An immediate gratification. I no, absolutely. So that. I think just that simple message is bonuses are, are, are good, but the timing is critical. Absolutely. Truly. And we, next week, we have the Workforce Workplace Forecast from Ira and me. And then we don't know exactly what's going to be happening on the 30th. But I just want to prelude the fact that my trend alert next week will be an extensive 2021 forecast. I do an annual Workforce Workplace Forecast. And then when we come back in 2021, in in January, uh, I think it was December 30th, not January 30th, right? So when we come back in January, then I will be talking about that at a, in Ahead of the Curve. 
Excellent. Well, we can't wait for that. Um, but again, next week, uh, we, uh, we will not be live. Um, we will be audio only. Uh, I'm going to distribute some of the interviews that we've done on video. Uh, but at one o'clock uh, on December 23rd and on the 30th, uh, we'll be audio only. And uh, hopefully that you will join us uh, to hear what we're doing. Again, we'll be watch, uh, follow us, follow both of us on or connect with us on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter, and you'll get the updates there as well. But uh, because this is the last time that we're going to be live, uh, we want to wish everybody a very, very happy holiday, whatever you celebrate. Uh, we wish you a very, very happy new year. We thank you for sticking with us through 2020. Uh, through 2020, uh, we've had a fan. I want to thank again all our listeners uh, and and all our guests. Uh, amazing, amazing contributions. We're very grateful for your support, and yeah. and no acknowledgement would be complete without also acknowledging our producer Rebel. Oh, for uh, sure. No, so absolutely. Thank you, Rebel, for all that you do. Put that and with all my last minute changes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get us on the air, and uh, and again, we—I know you were involved with us early in the year, uh, Joyce, but that we were only audio, and then all of a sudden we went video, and video is a whole other game. So, really, do appreciate uh, you, Rebel, and uh, again, appreciate everybody, all the listeners. Please be safe. Uh, we're not through this yet. Twenty twenty one economy looks good uh, from the econ from from the projections looks like we're going to have a, a robust economy looks like unemployment will go down jobs are a plenty um, but we still need to wear those masks be safe please do what you need to do over the holidays and uh, we will see you live next year 2021 until Thank then you, Ira, yeah. and please, please please take care of yourselves yeah. have a wonderful christmas and a happy new year Thank you very much.